What did we talk about today, Josh? We talked about uh, the big announcement from yesterday about the delay. We talked about my dodgy PE teacher when I was at school. Uh, what helped me out here, House? What else did we, we talk about? We talked about uh, Pretty Patel, who is the chief alien. Um, <laughs> we talked about um, lethargy. We talked about fraudulent Freudian slips. <laughs> um, and we and we talked about where we're at with the podcast and the energy and how we're going to keep going uh and this is a this actually this has been one of my favorite episodes in a long time do we always say that i think we say it a lot but it genuinely was a really good episode it's been so, a good episode so has what should people do if they like the episode <laughs> they should um give us a like uh, yeah. Come find us on our Instagram uh, handle, which is at 115 miles pod. Yes. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, yep. email us, send us uh, a mail or a postcard or anything else. They can do whatever they like, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we really hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. How was your ice bath, Josh? Oh, it was nice, mate. I did a big long breathwork session and then well not massive but uh i did a 20 minute breathwork session and then got straight in the ice bath mate and i think i was in there for seven or eight minutes seven or eight minutes like that minute would make a difference so was it seven or eight uh i listened to the gladiator track while i was in there and then which like as in the tv show gladiator or from the movie <laughs> Gladiator, like Marcus I Aurelius. I don't, how did the Gladiator TV show song go? I see. I can't remember it, but it was it was it was very it like, uh, memorable. You were gladiator. Something yeah, like that. that's it. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't that. I didn't put that on. Gladiators ready. Yeah, do, do you remember that guy? Hassan, you will go on my first whistle. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. will go on my second, second whistle. whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, he was a stickler that. for discipline, wasn't he? You could tell he, he would have been a great PE teacher or actually one that you would love to hate. You would hate that PE teacher, wouldn't you? Yeah. PE teachers. <laughs> actually, that just reminds me. When I was at school, we used to have a teacher who was just like him called Ron Bailey. And uh, he was, yeah, he was exactly, we used to make fun of Ron Bailey behind his back by pretending he was the gladiator guy. This my is the stuff teacher. we got up to in uh, private school. My... <laughs> My P, I had a PE teacher. I won't say his name. Oh, say his name. He was dodgy, mate. Oh, don't say his name. I'll, like I promise you. So there's like, and this is this is a weird thing, right? Everybody has one of these at their school that they can remember. Yeah, everyone used uh, to call. Uh, like, mine was uh, our our craft design technology teacher. Yeah, design right? tech teacher. Oh, we had a DT teacher as well that always everyone used to say he always had a hard on. <laughs> anyway, tell the story about your PE teacher. <laughs> uh yeah so this dude right who was our PE teacher he um used to wear rugby shorts that were so small 
that his balls had come out the side when he was showing you how to do a rugby tackle, right? And he used to wear them for me, I promise you. And then he would make all of us, after in the changing rooms, you all had to shower naked, right? He would make you get in there. And when you're like first year secondary school, especially when you're someone like me, yeah, hadn't gone through the change anywhere near it yet, but was acting and trying to talk like I had. And he would make you wash under your armpits because you would go in the shower using both of your hands to cover your nether region. Yeah. And he would put his head round into the shower, communal showers. And he would say, wash under your armpits, make you wash under your armpits. So you had to put one arm in the air and wash under the armpit with the other hand. I'm sorry. I asked now, to be honest. That's dodgy, isn't it? Even as I'm, I think that's probably the first time I've recited that in adulthood. He wouldn't get away with it. It wouldn't happen now, would it? It wouldn't happen now. I think a lot of stuff that probably happened in, I sound like we grew up in like the 60s, but it wasn't that long ago, really. Yeah, it no, just what, isn't on. No, yeah, exactly. But, but look, <clears throat> what he said he was teaching us is that you have to, you know, that this is how you grow up. This is what you, this is if you want to be a footballer and all that, they all shower together. You've got to get used to it. So that's what he was said he was trying to teach us. Um. So yeah, I was scarred maybe, for life. Maybe he was. But listen, speaking of um, ice baths, just to move us away from your uh, childhood experiences, <laughs> um, breath work and ice baths. It, what would your Swindon um, football hooligan um, firm think about that if they heard you now? Uh if they realised how much it makes you trip your face off, they'd probably be bang on it. But uh, um, legal yeah. high, yeah, exactly. If you listen to Vim Hoff, he says that, that I seen him doing a Q and A, and someone asked him if he liked cannabis, and he's like, "Yes, cannabis is nice. It's good. It gives you." He says something that it gives you in his body, and he was like, uh, "But you can make that yourself." So I don't use cannabis. I just do it myself. Make. He doesn't sound like that. At is all. he Dutch? He. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, but that's just my generic Dutch accent. I don't think he actually talks. I don't think he really sounds like that. Sounds better that with a name like that, you, he needs to have a thick accent, doesn't he? Yeah. When you do his breath, some of his, so I don't do a lot of Wim Hof, but when you do do it, cause he's got like this, he just, I don't know. sounds very like manly, but very calming. He's got like a deep voice talks like dish. And he goes at the end of the meditation, he goes, have a great night or a great day and have a great life. And you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, this is. He, he, he's very um, sure of himself, isn't he? In a good way. Like, you In know, a when, good, yeah. When, yeah. When you go through life, just you sort of almost stop questioning your being and you're just comfortable being where you are in life. Yeah. That's brilliant. Cause he like, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever heard his story. So he, he, um, he lost his wife to suicide. Right. And, that. and yeah. So then he was like, um, got a bit lost. And he said, I used to be, she used to help everybody and I could do all this stuff, but I couldn't help her. And he said, it was just breaking him, like completely breaking him. And then he, I mean, this is a story he tells. He was walking around the park one day and there was a lake there and he went down to the edge of it and he broke the ice in it and just jumped in, just had this thing of jumping in and he jumped in and he said, it just brought him so present it changed his life. So, but that's very similar, although completely different to my story, isn't it? Like if you think about my story, I had a moment with my week, uh, a weekend with my kids where it just brought me so present. I was mm. like, 
I need to work out how to do this all the time. And he did that, but very literally. So he got, he went, he said he went back there again and then jumped in and it did exactly the same thing. And then um, he started learning how to hold his breath for ages and how to regulate his body temperature in sub-zero conditions. And the scientists were like, you can't do that. There's no way you can do what you're saying you can do if your breath is impossible. And he was like, hook me up on a machine and I'll show you how I can do it. So he did it, proved it, regulated his body. They put a virus in his body and he beat it with his breath and his mind, right? And they were like, no, you're just ultra, you're just ultra superhuman, right? That, that you're just different. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'll give me people and I'll teach them how to do it. So they gave him a random group of 20 people and he, he taught them all how to do it. And that's kind of like the story behind how, how the whole Wim Hof method is. I can't believe this whole time we've been on 14 months of lockdown <laughs> and we just needed to get Wim Hof to just go and eat up COVID in his mouth. Well, there's, there's, there is a bit of a sub like <clears throat> point to that in the, the body. So I'm, we're going in here, actually. This is a very good conversation. Better than the conversation you started with. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to erase that from my mind. Yeah, good. Anyway, um, carry on. Sorry. Uh, when you look into the his, like the histories of how and why we have become the way that we have in the ways that we fight any kind of disease medically and the monetization of that and you know how now we just train everybody that if something's awry in you there's something wrong and take this medication and then how much power there is in farmers you know big pharma companies and all this sort of stuff and we're, we're almost never fed you know throughout this whole pandemic we haven't been fed any information about how to get your immune system good there's been no like you know we're, we're i'm not saying that they should say don't go into lockdown and eat more vegetables but there's been no like eat vegetables you know no talk about how powerful the body is in actually how much self-healing can be done when the body and the mind is is put to it. We haven't talked about that at all throughout this virus. I, I agree. And it's really, I mean, messaging on a on a global or you know on a on a macro scale is really challenging, right? So you, there's a there's kind of there's the messaging that by the way, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is kind of how it goes down. Like you've got, you've got to get certain messages out. You've got to kind of do, I guess, you know, get people to kind of follow a, a set of behaviors. Um, and I think it is like, uh, it gets a bit confused in the message or it's deprioritized or there's a lack of resources or, you know, a combination of the, of the lot. I think the thing that was popping into my head when you were saying that is um, it's actually a term that um, we use a lot in, in the sort of, in the, in the develop like, like product development space, and it came from the tech world. Oh, so that's certainly where I learned it from. And we talk about painkiller products and vitamins. We've talked about this before, right? So actually, when people are considering like whether to kind of, um, you know, what kind of product or service they want to build, they talk about a vitamin being a nice to have. Do this when you have time. Take this when you have time. It's a nice supplement or a painkiller, which kind of solves a burning pain. Like it will mm. fix this pain for you. And we've definitely been in the pain painkiller mode versus the vitamin mode, and and actually they go hand in hand. But um, because everyone's been focused, whether it's the government for their for their kind of reasons or the medical professionals for their reasons or us just trying to kind of survive I've been focused on oh yeah look, i've got to take this jab i've got to do this got to stay indoors and that's all very much in the painkiller mode what you're talking about is the vitamin space and actually um 
I think there's been a cost, yeah, like to just focus entirely on the painkiller perspective when actually we could have been enhancing our immune system naturally um, on a daily basis. But yeah, we've just been basically trying to shield ourselves and then wait for that that sort of painkiller to get injected in our arm. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. probably why some of that's happened. But we're always fed painkillers and we're told that we need them all of the time. Metaphoric painkillers, right? I think that's true. I think that's part of, I think that's part of capitalism, by the way. Mm. I think that's part of how society's set up. I've been looking a lot lately at, because of a book, I'm reading a book at the moment. What's it called? Beano. Uh, <laughs> dandy. Uh, you'll go. Fewer, fewer words are better. <laughs> uh, Willie, or my stepdad used to make me what? Read? That's the Scottish one. Oh. Uh, it's not, uh, I think it's like a Scottish. Anyway, um, I'm reading a book. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically about how Western culture uh, but particularly the way that Western, that we tackle um, mental health issues, problems, right? Internal issues and stuff and how we're taking over the world and giving them uh, like problematic capitalist ways of looking at stuff. They've, it's, it's incredible. They talked about how when the tsunami happened in Sri Lanka yeah, and the rush to get PTSD uh, accredited, counselors and therapists over there and they were literally telling these people that live in Sri Lanka who had been through lots of varying different types of hardship and had dealt with them all different ways and they were going over there with their tick lists and diagnosing them all with PTSD because they knew that they were going to get PTSD and they didn't these people coming over from the western world took in no consideration about the cultural differences in Sri Lanka and how the way in which we might diagnose PTSD and that over here is different to what would happen in Sri Lanka. Anyway, so I'm, I'm reading that book, but that's got me thinking about the ways in which we are always given this message, right? That anyone can do it. All you've got to do is just, you know, any, you know, the great in America, it's the great American dream in it. Right. Anyone can become president. If you work hard enough, you can get your dreams and you can get your goals. But that is a, is a guise in which the, power, the rich and the powerful can hide nicely behind. Because then, then we go, it's nothing to do with the color of your skin. Yeah, what gender you are, what part of society you've grown up in, what opportunities you have, the family that you were born into. None of that really matters. If you try as hard as you can, you can still be the prime minister of this country or whatever. Yeah, and it's not true. Yeah. And what you see is, is that the people that do make it, and I've been guilty of this as well myself, yeah? When we do make it, we go, I made it, look, I did it, so so can you, right? And and and, and it's not true in the societies that we that we that we exist in and that, that we live in, right? Yeah. You said once in a podcast ages ago, it might not have been in the podcast, you said about um you can't we were talking about race at the time. You said you can't use anomalies. You didn't use that word. Uh, yeah, I talk about the ex the exception rather than the rule. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I don't know how I got there. Yeah. No. No. What we talking no. about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what you just um, talked about. But um, no, no, you're right. Like I think uh, uh, the exception rather than the rule is um, is what kind of uh, is what denounces use. Right. So like if if um, if you have, uh, I mean, I sort of, I, I would say that it, you know, it, I used to think that if I was able to kind of come from an area like Tottenham 
from a single parent family who didn't have a lot of money and then kind of rise quite senior in in the in the corporate world then then why couldn't other people why couldn't you know people around me do that but I realized that you know we've talked about this you know the the, you know the biggest privilege you and I both share is that we're we're men in this world right so I Mm. had that and then I went to private school you know and got a scholarship and I didn't get great grades and I've talked about that previously but what I did have was an opportunity to really build my confidence because you're around people that are just uh their whole environment is is full of confidence so it just kind of rubs off on, on you and it rubbed off on me so that as soon as I went into the work world I actually believed I was more capable um than maybe the world probably looked at me you know in terms of my demographic and mm-hmm. and and kind of mm-hmm. my background and so I just didn't even see that as a barrier whereas sometimes the barrier is visible you know for certain you know parts of society and then it's it's invisible as well and when the invisible and the visible forces work against you then you've got no hope and then what happens is if say generation one doesn't get the opportunities and they don't get the job opportunities then that passes down to generation two and generation three and generation four and it just it's a perpetual um cycle so um i think um i think there's truth to that and in terms of kind of uh you know, around health, you do get individuals who kind of fight things, who kind of beat the norm. But then, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, the way that we've been conditioned is very much around um, get sick, go to doctor, doctor prescribe something, take it, mm. you get better. What's really interesting is I think the NHS has something to do with that because in Ireland you have to pay for um, – for consultations, you know, and not just Ireland. I, I just know Ireland because obviously I've got got um, your mate Biden lives there. In laws, yeah, but but Biden country, um, but uh, yeah, you have to pay. So it's not that. So people think twice. You know, it's not cheap to have a consultation with your GP. So you think twice before going straight in. Whereas in with the NHS, you just we're just so conditioned to kind of just fall into that pattern. Mm. I think even you know that it goes a step further because because you always i don't we always look at doctors in a kind of in a position of authority because of their training because of the way they carry themselves it's rare that you question them as well mm. so it's mm. like here this is wrong with you do this take this and then off you go and because they're now pressured to hit numbers even more so now it's not really about your care anymore it's just about very very quick diagnosis with limited information stressed overworked take this this is the path of least resistance this is more mm. likely to get you back on track and off you go so i think it is it definitely needs um looking at but i think you just hit the nail on the head right at the beginning which is uh capitalism is going to trump everything here you know and it's just going to keep this system in place yeah 100 percent it will because 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 of the, the money and, and that's been you know I've talked, I think we talked about it on here before. That's been my biggest worry. That's been my biggest worry throughout the whole pandemic. It's just like how monetized it's become and how it's all about, you know, how the, the, the rich and the powerful are profiting so much over it. Um, how do you feel about it, by the way? Where, how do you feel about, so at the point of recording this, we're going out tomorrow. So it's, what is it? Today? You're hijacking my agenda, man. 
Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, <laughs> go on, mate. Go on, go on, go on. I'm just joking. Boris announced yesterday. I didn't think it had an agenda. I, I sort of do. Oh, come on, mate. Don't, go on, um, go on. Finish, finish your point. How do you feel about how, how do you... Did you, by the way, by the way, let me just ask you this and then you can go on to your agenda, actually. Yeah, let's, let's just ask you this and then we'll go on your agenda, all right? Did you watch it? Did you watch the announcement? I didn't, no. He's a fucking mess, Boris Johnson is. <laughs> what, physically? Like, oh, to look at. just everything. He's yeah. an absolute shambles of a man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, him, that Chris Whitty seems all right, yeah? yeah. The other dude was out there, I don't know who yeah. it was. You, do you know what, it was like my kids were in trouble and someone's, taken the last biscuit out of the biscuit tin that I've said don't take and I've got the three of them in front of me and I'm saying who took the biscuit you you go first and then they, Boris Johnson was incoherent at times yeah and he fraudulently fraudulent whatever the word is fraudulent and he called um he he referred to this country as this company and I thought that about sums it all up mate I, I can't believe it I don't know it might have been picked up by the press I don't know oh but. did you mean Freudian slip yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Not okay. fraudulent. But he's, yeah, he is fraudulent as well. He's a fraudulent He's all of well. Yeah, all of them, Every, mate. All, all the Fs. All of them. And they still are going fraudulent, up. Freudian. <laughs> Fucking fraudulent, fraudulent, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, how do I feel about it? Uh, I knew it was coming, so I'm not surprised or shocked. You know, mm. it's, um, it's just, a, a, you know, yet another disappointment, yet another, you know, I can't imagine that we're going to be in a good place in four weeks' time. You know, like some something's going to happen that's going to prevent it happening. I again. someone I I need to know as well whether hospitalizations, the data from that, is people that weren't in hospital got COVID and then went to hospital, or if the data that's being used for hospitalization is people that have tested positive in a hospital, because there's a real big difference. And as this travels around this virus, then. Um, it's going to feel, it's going to get in the hospitals, isn't it? And fill them up, like, you know, like it always does. So, yeah. I don't know. Look, How yeah. do you feel? Um, the, the, the argument that they put across of why they're delaying it, uh, I can see the sense in it. I can see the sense in it. Um, I, I should also say that my life is pretty much no, no different to what it would be if the, the country was fully open. So it, it doesn't really affect me whether it opens up more or not. Yeah. Uh, but it does affect a lot of other people. My brother-in-law, for example, just boom, load of work straight bang out the window again last night because of that, the delay. So um, if it is cautious so that it is irreversible, like he's saying, if that really is it, if it's the 19th of July as we draw a line, because this thing will there'll be loads and loads of variations of this did you see Theresa may no she stood up in parliament and was like listen if we're going to wait for zero covid will never happen like it will never completely go if we're not going to travel until there's no new variants she's like there always will be new variants so like i think we've got to we and, and they were saying this in their defense uh, often incoherently, or Mr. Witty was saying it quite well, that we, you know, we do need to live with this and cases are going to go up and we can't, we can't just live in fear every time cases really go up. Um, so if this really is it, one last push, sounds a little bit like um, four weeks to flatten the curve, which was what we were told uh, a long time ago, which mm. worries me. But if this really is it, 
then um i mean i think i, I think uh boris johnson on this particular topic is on sort of eight lives out of nine you know what i mean like yeah. I, I i don't think he's going to be able to keep this happening you know um much longer um not only are people getting restless some people are affected it is it is about work it is about economy it is just yeah. about livelihoods um furlough has not been extended so i think there's going to be an impact you know if if people can't get back to work um live events hospitality travel it's all got to come back you know so it's and then you've got things like you're you know he's not going to restrict weddings have you seen this well apparently you can't what's this? You, you can't, can't da- sing and dance. dance at them yeah what is that what what's that about it's just it's just stupid isn't it it's mm. just ridiculous just that's ridiculous stuff like that just rid- and then when you see them all you know at the g7 summit that boris flew to i know from london's call unbelievable um you know i know that the world leaders and all that and it doesn't really bother me that much but jesus come on they're all there mingling with no masks on do you know what i mean he's just announced that you can't dance people are going to get married next week and not be allowed to have live music there and mm. they're all there having the knees up it don't you know the narrative that i am that i follow which is the rich you know they're not on lockdown it doesn't affect them so what do they care i mean it doesn't help that narrative does it it doesn't um but listen i hope this is the end of it i think um We've got to be careful to not go against each other, as in not me and you. I mean, the society is a general. That starts in September. Because I've done it because you want to get you want to get angry at somebody about it. So and you feel like when you get angry at Boris Johnson, he don't care and he can't hear you. So you find yourself getting angry at people that can at least hear you who don't deserve you to be angry at them. Um, I'm going to move on to aliens. <laughs> <laughs> what Keir Starmer? Well, actually, I think you'd be like. You've been on uh, on this podcast talking about Keir Starmer being an alien, but you know, I think I think you've missed out the biggest alien of them all, which is Pretty Patel. Oh. I mean, I, I honestly think she has been like made by an evil megalomaniac in a lab underground. <laughs> like, th- there's something not right with that woman. There's something not right with her, and. Like, why do you think I'm talking about it today? Um, I, w- while you was doing that, I was racking my brains to try and... I, di- I saw her tweet come on England and someone put, if football comes home, you'll deport it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, uh, but, but no, is there a yeah, reason no, she's come up? She, she, she has defended people's right to boo at taking the knee. Oh, has she? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. And she st- and she stopped. She, she 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 didn't. She evaded. You know the question: Would you te- would you um, would you boo? But what she didn't say no. She just yeah. did what because Boris Johnson didn't denounce it at first, yeah, did it? Exactly. Um, what what do you think's driving her agenda? Um, <laughs> trauma, probably. <laughs> oh, she's an alien. Oh, she, <laughs> she's an alien. And infiltrated uh, by aliens. She's a very angry, sort of hurt, 
individual. Do you know what I mean? Hate-filled, uh, narcissistic, pained individual, yeah. I mean, that was like, uh, th- when I started to really observe her over the last 12 months, my, my deduction is that there there's, seems to be a lot of undealt with trauma, yeah. you know, or something, because no one can be that genuinely detestable, right? Like, I just don't I don't know, I think... It. I do think bad and horrible people exist. Like I'm not one of these people that goes along the notion. I used to go along the notion that there's good in everyone. And, you know, we're we're just made, you know, there's, there's always a reason why something, I don't believe that's true. I think there's some people that are born just horrible. They're just not very nice people. I think she's probably one of them. I do think that. She's just... I don't reckon if she'd done some breath work and a couple of ice baths, she'd all of a sudden be compassionate. I reckon you could give it a go, though. I mean, that would be quite a project, wouldn't it? I'd love to get... That would be quite a... That would be a good Channel 4 documentary, wouldn't it? Yeah, Fly on the Wall. Fly on the Wall documentary. Me trying to change... Rehabilitate (laughs) Pretty Patel. Josh Connolly. Um, I reckon... (laughs) Josh meets his biggest challenge to date. (laughs) You've got less chance of rehabilitating her than you have rehabilitating uh, the young girl who wants to come back in the country. True. Bengham. What's her name? Begum. Shia Begum. Begum. Yeah. Have you seen she's... Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Sorry, mate. I know you've got an agenda, but... Um, gosh, that is an interesting one. Um, so just just so people know what we're talking about, we're talking about the the young girl who was indoctrinated um, online, went mm-hmm. over to Syria, joined ISIS. Yeah. She wants and, to come back. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a dangerous game when uh, you can uh, just take someone's passport away. Like, like what? why stop there? Like, why, you know, why is that level of terrorism? Why did that not happen with you know, people that went to Ireland and kind of fought for the IRA and, you know, and enabled bombings in the UK and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's a dangerous precedent to just be able to take a British person's passport. She's a Brit born here. Parents are, I think, first generation or whatever. Um, Should she be, should she be tried for crimes and, you know, and, you know, if she, if she committed them, yeah, of course. Should it happen in this country? Potentially, I don't understand. I don't understand enough about international law, but I think, um, yeah, she probably does deserve to come home. And let's not forget, this was a young girl, impressionable girl, that was manipulated, went over, had a probably a horrendous time when she was out there. Like, why treat her, you know, why is that any different to, say, some of the other situations that's happened in this country? I reckon if she had blonde hair and blue eyes, the country would be fighting to snap her back out of the claws of the terrorists. I think you might be right there. But yeah. because because she got brown skin. Got that name. She got that name, yeah. Then people can't, you know. At the end of the day, there was a kid that was groomed into terrorism in our country, my opinion is that's our fault and that's on us. Nobody else's. Well, nobody else's is probably a bit too extreme. 
I'm yeah. probably being a bit polarized, but 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 that's on us. She was groomed in our country. Yeah. So it's on us. That that's my opinion on it. Um and yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe that if she was if she was blonde hair, blue eyes and, and had a very English the public would feel differently and, and I imagine well, the government would, would Well the whole narrative from the beginning from the media and stuff would have been different as well, right? It would have been this young girl has been groomed into this terrorism. Same as it was when um there was that there was a teenage boy fairly recently who got done for right wing yeah. terrorist stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, how could this it wasn't like this little terrorist little shit, right? Let's get rid of him. What an awful young lad. It was like, how does this happen to this young, fresh faced boy who grew up in But that's just just that's the media all around, isn't yeah. it? And and it's not just it's not just in this country, but there's always, you know, it's why we that's why we talk so much about the difference between how they reported Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle or the way that they report around uh you know domestic terrorists in the US versus um international or or the way that they talk about young black men you know um it's very very different you know they mm. always talk about the you know the, the the unfortunate victim uh you know that was the child that then became indoctrinated and yeah. and sentences undoubtedly or, or or jury decisions undoubtedly get affected by the way that the media reports on this stuff so it has an impact yeah definitely, definitely yeah um yeah i mean and joking aside i mean uh i just think pretty patel to me exemplifies this whole government yeah. like a complete disdain for humans for um, just complete lack of empathy, compassion, um, but feeling so powerful that they don't even feel like they need to justify their actions anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, you know, this, this whole uh, report that was coming out on police corruption and this private investigator that was murdered in the late eighties, I think it was 1988. And because, um, uh, there was a lot of uh, insinuated corruption at Murdoch's papers, and and she's very good friends with Murdoch. She she did the unprecedented thing of trying to block the report, and she was going to redact it, and she was trying to claim um, uh, uh, national security potentially. Mm. And she and she blocked its publication. There was no there was no you know jurisdiction or justification for it, and just. Thankfully, the independent body that did the report just refused to give her the report. And so it is going to come out. But like, this is the kind of behavior that goes on. And I just think, I just find it very difficult to, to, to believe that there isn't, you know, there isn't more at play than, you know, this isn't just about governing a country, you know, there's mm. just, there's, and I think she's at the, she's at the sort of the precipice of this. Yeah. And it all came out that she was a bully last year, didn't it? Was it last year? It all come out. Oh, it's she sort was... of gone away, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shock. So um we were talking this morning about the podcast. What what mm. were we saying? So we 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 haven't mentioned it. Uh that obviously we 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 uh we didn't record the last episode because it was half term, so we had a bit of time off. Uh and then you you had internet problems today this morning. 
so we nearly had to cancel this and then the, the internet came back on this afternoon. Anyway, we had a conversation about whether um, our energy was right to continue or whether we needed a break uh, from it. And we were sort of discussing, do we do a couple more episodes and have a break? And uh, what do we do with it? Um, so 34 minutes in, Hass, how do you how do you feel about that conversation? Well, well I did a bit of reflection on that because we were both sort of feeling that. Uh, and, and the word that I wrote was lethargy. And I, 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 the reason I think it sort of came up was, um, was because we, I think we're just feeling a bit lethargic, not just me and you. I just think as a society, we're just a yeah. bit like tired of like m- same old, you know, doing the same old thing, stop questioning it another four weeks. Oh, you know, this is like, you know, um, now there's talk of like, get, you know, start, you know, a lot of pressure to go back into the office and people are feeling a bit conflicted and it's, mm. it's all just a bit, you know, uh, I don't really know how that comes across on podcasts, but it's, you know, it's the equivalent of just like heavy load, like wading through sand. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about because I think, you know, look, whether we decide to kind of just, t- um, you know, what, we, what we're going to do next with the podcast um, we can talk about that in a minute, but I think the the word is lethargy, and I just wonder if you like. What do you think when I when I sort of connect the two? Yeah, so I did a um, I delivered a stress and burnout workshop this morning, right? And so plug. Of, the what? You just did a little plug there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So by the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not doing podcasts, but I'll do uh, <laughs> yeah. workshops for you if you pay me nicely. <laughs> but. Uh, but I sort of opened it in the way that I open all of my workshops, the wide range of workshops I have. Now I opened it up in the same sort of way, giving people just an opportunity to kind of share anything that's going on. And a lot of people were talking about that kind of, ugh, nobody said lethargy. Uh, but, uh, but, but that was the, that was the general narrative. And I certainly, I've been feeling it, not just after the announcement, I've been feeling it for a couple of weeks, a little bit, I've actually, for some reason, found this week, I've found the real kick to, I feel a little bit actually revitalized. But uh, I do, yeah, I do think it is a general feeling. But it, from a podcast point of view, uh, I've sort of, in the last half an hour, I've been like, oh no, I've missed this. I'm, I'm bang back in this. So yeah. I don't know, how, what are you, what, is that the same? Are you feeling the same? Or are you thinking, oh shit, he's back on it? <laughs> And I was back up. For, is it, for is that anxiety going big in your head now? Go, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? <laughs> no, the same. Yeah, and I think the energy. I think um, sometimes it, our mind just plays big tricks on us, right? You mm. know, if we let it, like we let the noises get big uh, in our heads, and I think we both independently were probably going, oh, you know, like you know, there's been a bit of a break. There's, you know, it's been a little while, and um, uh, and actually the the best thing in these situations is just to get, get on and do if you can, you know, like I know mm. it's really simple for some people to just say, just, just do it or just do a little bit. And, and it, for some people, it's not as straightforward. If you're, if you're a bit stuck mm-hmm. and somebody just says, just, just, you know, give it a shot, you know, yeah. or, you know, do your best, you know, all that's bullshit. Sometimes that's just even too much. Whereas um, I know that actually um for us, though, sometimes it's just about taking the first little step and then you kind of roll. Like, I honestly didn't have a plan for today, but I knew that our energy would just carry us through. I had a couple of notes and it's quite nice to 
um, just get in the groove. Um, but that said, um, look at us kind of discussing our plans uh, online. But no, um, give the, pe- the people want to know. The people want to know. I think um, sometimes a break is good. You know, like I think we've been doing this solidly for over a year. You know, I think we're what are we thirty three episodes in? Um, I don't know. We used to say at the beginning. Didn't we? Yeah, Episode yeah. Episode four. I think, um, and and I think just you know for creativity for rest for recharge i think you know a break is always good not just for this so <clears throat> i think um i think we should take a break over the summer come back fresh no one's going to be listening to us anyway because they'll be out in the in the you know yeah the yeah well, uh, because look the reason we took it off last time was because it's half term right so uh summer holidays uh i like to uh, i know you're very similar i like to spare time really dip yourself in a nice bath i like to get in an ice bath put my headphones in and pretend nobody exists uh no i like to sort of give it to the family really so i think we will take a break i mean we'll probably do that we'll probably do a couple more episodes won't we yeah and then we'll the summer holidays we'll be off for the summer holidays yeah. So good. I, I feel like we've made a good decision there. Live on air. It's not live, is it? So almost live. Almost live. Yeah. Yeah. As we go. Um, but I think people are ready for change, and I think this is what's probably the most disappointing thing of um, the, the you know the four week delay mm. is because I whether it like it won't change much for me or you, but for a lot of people it will. But then I think it's just that, that point where you can go, all right, we're just going to get on with life now and, you know, and, and, you know, start to socialize, get back into the workplace, you know, be with people. I think all of that's, you know, going to kickstart a bit of energy. Um, Yeah. And there's a feeling of being restricted, isn't there? Whether you actually are restricted to, to whatever degree or not, it's not nice to feel like you are overly controlled, right? I'm not going to go down the capitalism thing of how much I think we're controlled anyway, right? By the media and all that sort of stuff. But like very like, like tangibly feeling like you're controlled doesn't feel nice and it doesn't feel comfortable. And when you sort of struggling to really understand exactly why uh, and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the added a thing of seeing that the, the 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 impact that it's going to have on a lot of people like nightclubs and that imagine if you're if you owned a nightclub now and you just you got it was all geared up for next week and he's just but it turns out i mean look he's going to let andrew lloyd webber have his theaters open isn't he i don't know if you saw that because he came look, on and said I'm you mean you it. mean um tory donor uh andrew lloyd webber yeah yeah he's gonna and he's not pulling the plug on the euros you know that as well Oh, really? Yeah. So the stadiums will still be half full for the final and stuff like that. It's so. made a difference though, hasn't it? Having like real people in the stadiums. Oh, mate. It, it yeah, really has. It has. It has. It would piss me off if I was getting married and I weren't allowed to sing and dance there. And then I turn on yeah. the telly and just watch them all jumping all over each other, watching the yeah. football, you see? Yeah. You see where these little things of like division are, are, are sort of coming up? And yeah. that's, by the way, that's one of the real reasons why I do like doing this podcast because I do my sort of, I get to say what I think in a bit more of a controlled environment than going you get, on. You get to bring out your peak conspiracy theorist, don't you, <laughs> on this podcast? Like <laughs> yeah. it would just be in your head. 
or on Twitter? <laughs> well, no, and that's, that's the trouble is I go on Twitter and upset people. And I get a little bit like, right. You like it though, don't you? You, you actually use Twitter. No, I it? don't. It makes me feel shit. But, but when I'm doing it, I'm in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit of a keyboard. But I'm like, come on in, right? Let's. Where do you find the time to stay connected? Like, like sometimes it's like quite consuming, like getting involved in a online warfare. Oh, I don't have massive ones. You're talking like two or three tweets. I don't go, I don't, uh. Every so uh, often, you, you 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 like to just. It's very rare, yeah. I mean, like since the pandemic, it's, it's it's basically your equivalent now of going around on a Saturday away days, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't do that anymore, so I'm just gonna have a tweet fight. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it probably. Do you know what it probably is? It probably is. did. You see? Um, did you see that news reporter who? was out filming and there was a couple of lads. Have you seen it? No. Ah, so he was obviously doing like his live news and there's a couple of lads in the background giving it like, woo, putting their hands up and that. And somebody's filming it on their phone. Yeah. And then he like finishes and then he he finishes the live report and then he's like, turns around and he's like, I don't fucking come into your job, do I? I I don't turn up at your job trying to put you off, do I? You cretins and all that and then he's like why don't you just go and get a job right and one of them's like i have got a job and he's like yeah what in soul trader or mcdonald's he says right mm-hmm. and, and th- anyway he has a real old barney at him right and he is horrible to him right yeah. he, i mean like you know he he's yeah. dissing so many different things when he talks about yeah. soul trader and mcdonald's yeah. in the way that he does right and you watch it and you go, oh, this bloke is an absolute dick. Like, I mean, he's right arrogant. Like, who does he think he is talking to them young people like that? And then you watch it again and then you watch it again and then you think, he might not be a prick. He might just have kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, he might just, he might have just had a morning Bad of day. it. He might have had a, like, one of the kids has given him absolute stick when he's gone out the door. And then it's like, as he's leaving, his wife's kicked off at him. Do you know what I mean? He might be his life just might be a shit show at home and he's gone to work and he's just got, he's tried to put, he's put on the face to try and get through it. And then these kids are going in the background and he's just lost his shit. They like falling down. Do you ever watch that movie with uh, um, Michael Douglas where he just lost his shit and just went on a rampage? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But, but you, but listen, we all say and do things, right? This is why I don't like the council culture stuff because When I'm angry, you've heard me because I do it on the phone to you, but when I'm sort of a bit pent up and I need to have a vent, right? Some of the things I say, I think, God, if somebody was filming me on a camera phone, I'd get cancelled tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And I think we're all the same. If there was a dash cam in everybody's car and the things that you probably shout at somebody for their driving, do you know what I mean? I just think we've got to be a little bit more loving and compassionate for each other, especially now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, loving and compassionate for each other when we do stupid shit, like lose our shit. Um, speaking of cancel culture, we had a little chat about this on WhatsApp with our friend Ollie. What do you think about this whole thing with BrewDog, the BrewDog CEO? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what my first thought with that was? Is he, I don't know the guy, right? So I'm, I'm going purely off of, he comes up on my LinkedIn a lot. Yeah, and the, it, it's always virtue signaling for me. Yep. It always comes across yep. as real 
like you just think oh fucking give over yeah. mate all right yeah. by the way i can be guilty of them kind of posts right so let me just carry that up i said so so when he got caught there was a bit of me that was like ha yeah that teacher have a bit of humility right um but i didn't really i saw it on sky news first but then the next thing i saw when i was on linkedin everyone's just proper publicly digging him out for it and they but yeah. the main people i see digging him out for it are I would say at least 70, 80% of the people that are digging them out are the people that I see on there doing very similar sort of style posts to him. But the posts are one thing when you, when you run a big global company, right? So there are people, as you and I've discussed, who write those posts and we go, like, you obviously don't have a job. Like this is all, all, all you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so, but what, but when you are, responsible for thousands of people a global brand you kind of leverage that brand as a b core and kind of being a socially good company and yeah you 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 project this kind of uh point of view um then that's probably why so many people jumped up and down on it um you know and so and so i definitely saw a sense of uh, like in in some of the chat was like oh you know this cancel culture but i think it's fully deserved you know like there there is there are moments i do a lot of work with um, scale up companies as mm. as do you right and there are moments in your journey when you are growing when you move from that kind of really scrappy kind of anything goes um kind of culture to okay we're growing up now and this is a moment where we need to start looking at doing things properly. We're hiring more people. It's not just kind of the first 10, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in the back of a room or in a, you know, shabby little brewery that we've created. It's kind of, it's bigger and it's bigger. And there are moments where you get to course correct. And um, he and his, you know, fellow uh, founder and kind of the leadership Brew team. Doggers. Brew doggers. They just ignored that. And not that they, they ignored it, but they created this culture of fear and antagonism and um, presenteeism and all this sort of stuff. And um, it must be really bad for 60 people plus about 45 others who didn't put their name on it to write a letter publicly. It must be real. And the thing, the reason I'm really pleased that it's come out is not, there is a moment when that happens, even at that stage when you've created that as a leader, there is a moment when you can say, um, Oh shit! I didn't know. I, I mean, I yeah. sort of knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know it was this bad. Right, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. But their initial reaction, as is often the case with these kind of these really too big to fail companies, is their initial reaction was to turn back in internally and get a bunch of people to refute it, and just they just kind of they were gonna get their kind of um, legal team to kind of refute it and fight it, and they saw that the backlash was so big, and then it was like you know humility, and at that point they were like looking. Uh, you know, we, we're going to bring in an external consultant to blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think some, you know, someone's post um, kind of really summed it up particularly well, which was, you know, are you sorry or are you sorry because you got caught? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I think yeah. it's the latter, you know, and, and he's probably worried about the impact to his brand and all that sort of stuff, which is annoying because I really like, that brand, you know, but um, they're quite but, new, isn't it? I, I, when yeah, I used yeah, to yeah, drink, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. I don't think they existed when I yeah, drank. They, yeah, like I think they were probably one of the early components of the craft beer movement sort of thing. So right, right, yeah, right. So but I, I mean, I wouldn't argue with anything that you've just said, and I think um, 
Yeah, there's there's huge when you look at council culture, there's like huge nuance in there. In that I do think council culture exists, but then I also do think that some people that people need to be called out. And like you say, when you take positions of responsibility yeah. in the way in which this dude has, yeah. the brew dogger. And 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 it's unfair on on him, but I will, I think it's almost worse if it's a new company. Yeah. Like if it's if it's a if it's a company that was built in the 20th century and it's like legacy of it and it's that's bad, you know, yeah. like that's just that's systemic and it's happened over time and it takes time to unwind it. If you've created a company in the last seven, eight years like that, you're a fucking idiot as a leader and you shouldn't be a leader. Yeah. Here, here. No, I agree with you. Totally agree with you. It looks like shit. Which is a rare, anyway. it's a rarity, man. It looks- it's not bad. It's actually quite, it's quite good. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's not bad. I just don't like the branding for a beer. Yeah. It's not your sort of thing. You like tenants. I should look rugged, shouldn't it? What was your, what was your, uh, you never used strong beer, mate. did you? Yeah, it's strong drink bird. lager. I could drink vodka, neat vodka easier than I could drink lager. I couldn't drink because of the smell of it, because I think of what I grew up with. My dad obviously used to, just used to drink lager. Like beer, could not touch it, mate. Yeah, so I used to drink Strongbow. Was there a particular brand that your dad used to drink? Like, is it no, just the cheap brand? stuff? Yeah, okay. so like Super Tenants, all that kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, just the like. Uh, what's the syrup one? Syrup I don't even one. think you can get it anymore. Uh, what's the other one? Not Super Tenants. The other one, Special Brew. Oh, Special Brew. Oh. Yeah. Like syrup in it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm never. I don't think he would have drank Brew Dog. Put it that way. Yeah, no, not <laughs> their prices. Jesus, man, God. Um, definitely a fashionable beer. Um, cool. What a chat. Have we started uh, with your dodgy PE teacher? <laughs> and it was only going to go uphill from there, wasn't it? It was only going to go upwards from that point. Uh, um, yeah. But 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 a really good chat. Um, so. As usual, Josh, I think it's perfect moment for reasons to be cheerful. Look, I don't. I, I, I've got. I think I've got. I might have an idea of what you're going to go with. Go on uh, then. What, pardon? Go on then. The puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll just quickly say, not to steal your thunder, but Candy, our dog, is just in season, so we're just uh, waiting for uh, her to get mated. But my. Um, my uh, reasons to be cheerful is football-based. It's about the Euros, right? And it's about England. Now, um, that game on Sunday, I so before Maya was born, which is my second youngest, we went to the last Euros in France. Leah was eight months pregnant. I've talked about it before. We yeah. went there. Yeah. I've always, even when I used to drink and stuff, yeah, when I was in bad ways and all that, I used to just wish that I could be somebody that could get and watch the football with my kids and get the kids into it and all that. But I couldn't because I was a pisshead and it was just Mm. all about getting, it was about me and getting drunk and I didn't care about the kids, right? So to speak. This Sunday, my father-in-law came over. We set the pool up in the back garden. I called it an England party. We had the football on. My boys were there. I got them, you know, they had an England shirt on and stuff like that. And it was such a good day with all the family, the kids were loving it. We were singing, the, even the young kids were singing this coming home when we were watching the football. And that kind of stuff makes me emotional, but that kind of stuff is what I've always dreamed of. You know, I, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to have loads of kids and not be an alcoholic. That's all I wanted. 
And I feel like Sunday when I was watching the football and the sun was out and we was having a bit of a party at the house, I feel like I'd made it. And that is for me making it. That's all I want. So that's my reasons to be cheerful, mate. That's amazing. I mean, you wanted to have lots of kids and not be an alcoholic. Like you tick the boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, that sounds brilliant. And um, yeah, I think there was just something really, you know, it just all worked on Sunday, didn't it really? You know, the weather was nice and you could get some family around and yeah, it was, Mm. it was perfect. Um, Lovely. Uh, Yeah. You, you gave, you gave my spoiler away, but um, I'm going to call my reasons to be cheerful. The joy, the joy of Juno. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Juno, she's my 10 week old puppy. And, um, you know, like, for the same reasons, I'm sort of like um, not a fan of uh, the work involved with having a little puppy. Like mm. it's definitely a pain in the ass. But um, the kids are just just so happy and so connected, and they're like they're doing more stuff together than mm. they were before. Hanging out in the garden, playing, and Nora is like obviously the eldest, and she's often doing her own thing she's a bit older than the other two but there's like a level of connectivity um and that's lovely and then just it's really weird but just like um having something a creature be um really dependent and need care like there's just a lovely thing to feel you know so um it's a bit it's a bit cheesy but it's just yes very very nice feeling in the house at the moment oh it's I really love it, cheesy, mate. Isn't it? No, it's not cheesy. I love it. <laughs> I love it, mate. Yeah. Obviously, you know, um, we've always got dogs and puppies and all that here. So I know how lovely it is. And the yeah. relationship that the kids build with with it is just uh special, mate. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast episode, Josh. I think it was uh it was unexpected we didn't know where it was going at points but you know as usual it's relighted my fire mate sing it go on relight my fire your love is my only desire okay enough do you know do you know what the thing is i was actually in my head i was thinking of come on baby light my fire (laughs) (laughs) but i had the wrong had the wrong uh song anyway we both gave a few renditions there so Uh. This has been a bonus episode. Billy bonus. And we've got a few more to come before we break up for the summer break. So this has been class. I very yeah. much enjoyed it. Brilliant. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.